Hey, Bruce, welcome back. We haven't seen each other for a few weeks. We're back with our weekly driver podcast. I should say the weekly driver podcast. It's good to be back. Yep, it's good to both be back. Of us. Uh, you were traveling. We're going to talk about that in your um, rig. And I was traveling a little bit, and we've got some um, one discussion about an experience I had renting uh, an individual's car. And we're going to talk about the automotive world in a couple of different ways. There's always a lot of stuff going on. So, Bruce, I think uh, a good place to start would be, of course, to welcome our guests to the Weekly Driver Podcast. It's middle of our fourth year now, I think, or maybe cl- close to the end this of our fourth f- year for fourth, sure. Fourth year for sure. And um, it's uh, connected with my website, uh, theweeklydriver.com. Been around since uh, 2004. And uh, by way of uh, reintroducing myself, I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group. And I publish theweeklydriver.com. Uh, and Bruce and I have uh, been friends for uh, more than 20 years now. And Bruce is the guy who helps me with the cars when we drive them around and shows me the ropes, so to speak. Shows me the road, I should say. And um, here we are in our podcast coming up on 250 episodes pretty soon. Absolutely. Yeah, you got that right. Yep. And we have, a, we have a, a, a consulting dog, Indy, who's barking at the moon. No, it's a car he doesn't like, uh, I think. A car he doesn't like, okay. So, Bruce, you and your wife, Aline, went up the coast uh, um, of California, and you were gone for quite a long time. And um, this is the fifth or sixth trip you've been in? Yes. And this is the longest one so far. Yeah, we were out two weeks this time in our RV. We have a fifth-wheel uh, motorhome that we pull behind our Ford F-250 pickup truck. Yes. And we went up the north coast of California, all the way up into Oregon, mm-hmm. as far north as a town called Bandon, Oregon, which is still called the southern coast of Oregon. Yes. And uh, had a great time. The weather's good up there, and there's tons of places for RVs up there, mm-hmm. some right on the water. It's really a beautiful state, Bandon. and especially along the river. Bandon is also ocean, I should say. pretty world famous for its two golf courses. I think Bandon Dunes is one, and the other one I don't remember. Yep, but it's, it's very popular. Very there. popular for golf. Um, so, uh, as you explained at lunch, we had lunch before our podcast today. Um, as the time goes by that you've owned uh, your pickup truck and uh, your RV, what did you learn about this trip in terms of driving or parking or? Uh, accommodations or whatever it is that you're getting more and more used to as you guys take your you take your rig out more often well i'm getting more comfortable hooking and unhooking the fifth wheel for one thing I mean, yes it's much easier now it's like easy before mm-hmm. i really struggled trying to get the height just right so that it would slide on or slide off yes and it was just a struggle and now it's not. But just getting down the highway now, uh, I'm quite comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never towed. I've never had a big car. I've never towed anything. So I'm still a new boy at it. It's mm-hmm. been, well, it's coming up on eight months now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, several uses of, of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. But uh, now it's, uh, you know, the curvy roads up and down hills and the, the two-lane roads I'm all comfortable with now. And so it's relaxing. I like driving it, actually. That's great. Um, I My history with those kinds of vehicles is none other than being behind them. And I've often... Slow-moving <laughs> RVs, yeah. I always wonder what it would be like to be the RV driving slow if that's also a learning curve where you kind of get accustomed 
to looking in the rearview mirror and seeing cars line up and then looking maybe for a pullout location or do you just plow ahead and people have to kind of get accustomed to it or maybe it both works both ways well i'm one of those guys who doesn't like to hold people up so right. i i look for turnouts mm-hmm. if i need them for the most part i don't need a turnout i i can keep up with the flow even on curvy windy uh-huh. mountainous roads uh-huh. sometimes i'm not in a hurry or maybe it's wet it's raining yeah i slow down mm-hmm. and then yeah i'm in the way just i i'm not in a hurry I just so I just take yeah. it safe. I still don't know the you know the full capabilities of the rig when they're hooked together and yes. how fast it can stop and taking tight turns. I just don't feel comfortable with it. So the big thing is, uh, I think people look out for me because it is so bloody big. You know, yes. you don't get pushed around. Right. <laughs> Somebody's upset. It's like, oh well, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything about it. They can see what's going on. It's obvious why I'm going slow, right? Yes. But I do take turnouts. That's good. The uh, the Ford F two fifty, you know, you you and I have test driven uh, the one fifty, I believe, and other pickup trucks. Not all that many, but enough to get a good feel for them. Are you thoroughly satisfied with how that two fifty is is handling this? Yeah, I'm completely happy with it. It's I didn't need to add any extra, you know, springs, air springs, or any other anything to the suspension to make it carry the weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the gas engine. There's three gas engines. There's a, a what is it, like a 6.2, mm-hmm. a 7.3, and then the This di- is leader, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Then the diesel. Yes. And I didn't get the diesel. Obviously, the diesel has the most torque, the most horsepower, mm-hmm. the most everything. I just didn't want to deal with the diesel and the putting the uh, diesel exhaust fuel in it. And sure. I just didn't think I needed it. And I, as it turns out, I do. I don't. You know, if... If I want to go 65 over a 14,000-foot pass in Colorado, then maybe <laughs> maybe I needed that diesel. But I, I don't need to, you no. know, full, haul full steam, you know, over mountain passes. So I, I don't mind slowing down. I got all the power I need. Sure. And so it's a, it's a testament to why the, the Ford in particular, and I guess the others are real close, you know, just why another reason why they're so popular. I mean, they get the job done. For, yep. for, for oh, our, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you're up in Oregon, uh, we've discussed this, and, and I've read, not being an RVer, but I've read a lot of stories, and you probably met, read more than I have, about how difficult it is to, because it's become so popular, it's difficult to, to book a place to stay. But you found it, on the contrary, that you found plenty of places, and it was re- pretty easy for you guys to find where you wanted to stay. Yes, we did. Um we probably booked everything three weeks out before we left. Mm-hmm. And that's not by design. It's because we had another trip planned. Yes. And we did. We booked it out four or five months ahead of a time. Mm-hmm. That was up to Stanley, Idaho. Mm-hmm. But the, the heat wave and bad fires and smoke up there in the yes. area, we canceled about three weeks to go. So we, did, we can't do it. Right. Too much smoke. So we uh, last minute booked the coast and there was plenty of opportunity of course this was uh september now june july august prime summer months probably wouldn't have got spots yes yes and uh in in southern oregon uh does the how am i going to say does it did the accommodations now in your experience change in terms of like when you go on interstate five in oregon that's far better than being on interstate five in california 
Do they, do they change the accommodations, how they handle RV campgrounds in Oregon? Is it, did it, was it a, a, quite a difference between California, or is that not Well, rel- the one thing, one thing I saw was everything in Oregon seems to be kind of depressed and tired, and mm-hmm. they haven't put any money into anything up there, yes. whether it be restaurants, uh, the RV lots. They look like they were last fixed up 40 years ago. Gotcha. Everything's tired. Everything's a lot tired. Of, a lot of things closed. A lot of businesses closed. Yes. Uh, but the gas was a buck cheaper as soon as you go to Oregon. That's a good I thing. like that. Yeah, I like that. If you're in an RV, uh, in a pickup truck, do they, are they still putting the gas in for you up in Oregon? I'd forgotten. They are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a guy comes out or a woman comes out and does it for you. I'd, that's they don't good. wash the window anymore. No. It used to be they w- would wash the window when they came out and pumped yeah. your gas. Now, no. Yeah. Um, I've forgotten when you fill up uh, the pickup truck with hauling the RV, is it a uh, uh, 30-gallon tank that you have in the truck? or I believe it's 34. 34-gallon tank. Okay. Got I it. do kind of have uh, um, range anxiety. Yes. Because I'm getting, even though it's 34 <laughs> gallons, I yes. don't know. Sometimes it's difficult to get into a place with the when you're towing. Yes. So I'm always... A little hesitant, depending on the overhang and the turns, and so I don't like getting gas all the time. Like it's, it's you know, and it's a no-brainer when you don't have anything hooked up to it. But right. when there's stuff hooked up, it's a little more nerve-wracking, or it can yes. be. So I'm always getting gas whenever I see it, and I can get in. I just get gas. So right. Anyway, that's, that's... I'm according to the computer, which mm-hmm. I think are always ten, fifteen percent optimistic. I'm, I am getting. Uh, Right, uh, low nines. No nines. The eights to nines when I'm towing. Whew. Yeah. Miles per gallon. Um, well, that's it. I mean, it, it, the the um, pros and cons and the pluses and minuses with dollars and cents. I mean, you're you're obviously you know all this. You're saving money on where you'd stay. The accommodations are your your own thing, and so the downside, of course, is you're not getting very good gas mileage. But um, to come and go as you want, to stay where you want, to you know, what all those other things are, are the checklist is pretty full on, on the yeah, positives. You, yeah, even the RVing, you know, nowadays with gas, it's not like you're, it's not to save money so much. No. It's, it's just a different, totally different lifestyle. It's the lifestyle of it, the enjoyment of. You know, the the hotel, you can't uh, set up a, you know, cook s'mores over the fire. <laughs> no, unless you're. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> hope not. Um, well, that's great. I, so this is, uh, for you guys, it's, uh, as you said, you're still learning, but. You're a veteran now of, uh, of I feel, doing it. I feel more like a veteran now. Yeah. The, the twisty two-lane roads got me more acclimated. Gotcha. Well, um, also in the automotive space, I had a new experience. I, uh, I test cars, of course, um, for part of uh, my living still. And uh, for one of the rare weeks uh, this past week, I did not have a car. So I needed a car for a day to visit the Bay Area. Uh, and, um, for personal reasons, uh, family reasons. And I went through a company that you and I have briefly talked about. Uh, it spelled T-U-R-O. It's pronounced T-R-O, um, Turo. pardon me, Turo. And it is, uh, basically they call it the Airbnb of the automotive industry. So you look online on the website and you find the car that you want, uh, economical or, hypercar almost i mean they have some really nice cars as well 
and they're run by individuals, and it's all done online. You see the what the fee is going to be per day. You have the option of buying, you know, insurance through them for one day, which I did just because uh, I didn't have the time to check my credit card and see if it was covered or not covered, or call the insurance company. So the minimal amount to get pretty full coverage for the day was ten dollars. There's an administrative fee. Um, uh, $15 and I put, uh, went about 200 miles, which was what they allow, uh, per day. And I think I came in at like 192 or 193 and I put $41 worth of gas in it. So for about a hundred dollars total, I had a, for a 24 hour period, for a 24 hour period, I had a 2015 Volkswagen Passat. And uh, my wife, uh, Gretchen, dropped me off at this uh, gentleman's house uh, six or seven miles away. He's got a few of these cars that he rents out. That's part of his business. And come to find out, I looked at the website this morning, it's, and now this company's now available, headquartered in San Francisco, but it's now available in 56 countries. Imagine that. So uh, it's a way that if you need a car for a day or two or a week, or, and you don't want to go through a rental agency. Uh, I think that the price was maybe, all things considered, maybe $25 cheaper for, the, for a day. But also, I, I needed the car on a Sunday. So I, <clears throat> the, some of the major outlets were only available at the airport. I didn't feel like going out to the airport to get a rental car. And as I mentioned, this one was just across town, and, and, it, and it worked out. So, so you basically choose a car, obviously within your price range. Yes. But... What, what's close to your house, too, probably. Yes. I mean, why drive six miles if a guy's got a similar car a mile away? Exactly. Um, yeah, there's all of that. And I know a, a mutual friend of ours went overseas recently, and um, they were going to drive in uh, Scotland and, um, you know, other side of the road, other side of the drive of the car. And they got there. Typical, the car that they had rented wasn't available. So they got another car, and uh, it was a manual transmission car, which even added to the, the, the difference of the driving in other parts of the world. So I guess the positive, one of the positives that people have mentioned is with this company, you, you know the exact car that you're going to get. There's no, you're not renting one car and getting to the guy's house, and there's another car. So um, that's a positive. You know exactly what you're going to get, and you know the parameters going in, and it's closer, as you mentioned. And um, it's a little cottage industry. It's an old-time term now. but So there are people doing this all over Sacramento. I don't see who would want to rent their car out. I don't either. Um, I had a discussion with this guy. He didn't, I didn't tell him I, you know, I was a journalist or anything. But he was saying, I, he kind of gave me the nod like, yeah, you're among the few who you had the car for a 24-hour period. Perfectly, very good communication. The guy updates you on your iPhone, hey, your reservation's in two hours, hey, you've had it for uh, 20 hours now, or you still, would you like it to be for a couple of more hours or an extra day? So all of this automated uh, communication, whether text or email or a phone call, is, is terrific, and the guy was very professional. Um, the downside is exactly what you just said. Why would you buy some of these cars and rent them out not knowing that there's going to be probably not so many James Reyes and Bruce Aldrich's around who play by the rules, but people who smoke in the car or bring their animals on the car or 
you know, take it off road or whatever they're doing. Cause he was, he was kind of giving me the, the idea that it's, it's, um, sometimes quite a pain to, to do all this. And, um, I guess he's doing okay. I wonder if they set up their own restrictions as far as like who they'll rent it to, like age group. Will they rental car agencies? They, they isn't it something like twenty four, twenty five years old. Yes. Can they? These guys could rent them to twenty one year olds if they wanted to. The the form I filled out uh, online was, um, what's the right terminology? It was uh, like a what would say a, a handshake. Have you ever had a DUI? No. Have you ever had, you know, an accident? Oh, no. Oh, boy. But, so it's just self-telling, uh, huh? Yeah. And But, I mean, maybe maybe if you're in that business, you have a, more of an access to see, hey, this guy, this guy, Tom Smith, says he's never had one, but he's given me his driver's license now, and so I can check that real quick. And I get back to Tom Smith, and I say, I'm sorry, Tom, you had six accidents in the last week. Maybe <laughs> maybe they can Maybe they can do something like that, but... For the consumer, the guy who's not renting the car but is is going to rent the car, I yeah. could see, you know, we often hear that, oh, if you think you want a new, uh, say, Bronco or mm-hmm. something, you can go rent one for a day to see really how the Bronco yes. is yes. or whatever car. Well, this way you could do if you were thinking of buying a 2015 Passat, yes. you, could, sure. you could drive that Passat before you go yeah. You know, make sure it's the car you want. Certainly so worth a hundred dollars, or that's a good thing. That's a good thing, or even take it out. I think the minimum is a is a twenty four hour period. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the, uh, not this guy. He had four or five cars, all pretty modest uh, cars, a smart car and a, a Honda CRV, and the car I rented. But there's plenty. Of, there are plenty of people who have you know Maseratis and Teslas and yeah, you get anything you want. Anything wow. you want. Of course, it's far more than. Forty dollars a day plus tip. I and tax. still don't know why a guy would want to rent it out. I don't either. Are you taking a chance that, um, I mean, it could any it could be anybody from spilling coffee in the car, and the stain never comes out, to a guy smoking dope in the car, to a guy uh, scratches, having an animal that goes to the bathroom, scratches any you name it, any yeah. anything. Um, I wouldn't do it in a million years, but my experience was when they sent the you know follow up form. What was the experience like? Everything was out of five stars. Everything was five stars except the interior of the car could have been cleaner. Um, the trunk was okay. I, I put a small suitcase and, you know, some other things in the car. Um, it could a have been. A bag of marijuana. A bag like of marijuana, yeah. yeah. All the drugs I was delivering yeah. for the day. Um, it could have been cleaner on the interior of the car. But then I thought about it since you and I, when we test drive the cars, where, you know, the cars are just brand spotless, new spotless yeah. and they have to be spotless maybe yeah, i'm just more accustomed to those cars and this car was maybe the way that rental cars are too i haven't rented a car for quite nor, a while nor have i yeah. um so anyway this this company uh uh two, two row, row. Yeah. yeah based in san francisco uh for my one day experience i'd recommend it uh to anybody and uh, the car i had i was the 20th person to to rent this car and he, the guys had the car he bought it used uh, three years ago, and and his smart car is the most popular. I guess a lot of young people get the smart car. CRV is a good little family car. So um, this guy lives um, just in another part of Sacramento, and he was he wasn't there when I got the car. The key was in the cup holder. We communicated by text. James, the car is ready for you. Um, the keys in the cup holder. P- please return the uh, key to the cup holder. Let me know by text that you're there. And as it turned out, he was he was there waiting. Maybe he had some other business to do but um 
he was there and uh, very nice young fellow and he was from Ukraine, so I heard a little bit about his family situation in Ukraine, which is hmm. obviously pretty depressing. Yeah. But um, I would recommend the company if anybody needs a car for a day, uh, small, short as a day, and you can do it for, I don't know, as long as you want, I guess. But what an idea. Uh, Airbnbs for cars. Two row with T-U-R-O. Yes. Yes. Wow. So anyway. Uh, what's up with Rivian now? So what's up with Rivian? I've been, you, you and I have talked about Rivian. We first experienced it, what, several, four years ago maybe now at the LA Auto Show. Neighbor across the street has, has a one. Your neighbor. I've, I've seen a few now um, recently. I saw one in Auburn uh, a while back. Um, I think if I have this correct, Rivian is recalling every car it's distributed so far. Which is in the 7,000 range. Yeah, 7,000 range. And um, you and I and many other people like the vehicle so much. Haven't seen the SUV yet. That's only the pickup truck. Um, We thought finally there's going to be a company that gives Tesla a run for its money and uh, that's not giving it. Uh, a run. That's not giving it a run for its money, despite it's really liking it. So, uh, I saw the recall. It, to me, it was it's a nothing. Yeah, it, uh, steering knuckle uh, bolt. Yes, improper torque could fall off. I mean, all cars have them, and they all could fall off. It's nothing. Yeah. For some reason, they've seen a looseness or something, and so they're checking it. So, you know, that's a good thing, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, to picture. me, it would have been more scary if it was some kind of a software issue where the, the vehicle would lock up or the brakes would be applied. or You could think of all kinds of crazy things, and mm-hmm. this is just this is a mechanical thing, not a software issue. So they're just being overly cautious, which they have to be. They have to be, and they've only... Yeah, they've only distributed seven thousand cars so far. Doesn't right? Yeah, doesn't seem like very much. Is it Amazon as a partner of theirs? So they've Amazon. been delivering trucks, I think, to them. Yeah. Um, yes, you're right. Not to the. So they're doing other stuff, but uh, for the public. Yeah. Just the trucks out. Just the trucks out, and uh, uh, I think I've seen three, three total now. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on Rivian. I was really. Uh, discouraged when i saw that even though you you make a very good point about the recall itself isn't a major thing but it doesn't bode well for their they were going to distribute what twenty five thousand trucks the first year i think something like that's that. that's what they can they say they can produce they can produce that hasn't happened yet um no. uh, another area that we'd like to discuss so we don't have a guest this week i guess that's fairly obvious it's just the two of us espousing our knowledge um, no guests, but we're going to have we have two weeks of guests lined up for um, for upcoming episodes. But the other thing I notice is I always get a kick out of different websites that like to do lists. So 25 greatest cars ever made, the uh, the 25 most popular cars ever. I came across a list of the 50 most expensive cars, and it was a blast to go through that list. I don't know if if you had much of a chance to do that. It's quite a list. Uh... There's a few electric, fully electrics on there. There's, uh, you know, the so-called legacy brands, which would be like uh, Ferraris on there several times, Bugattis on there several times. But then there's also ones you probably haven't heard of on there. Uh, one of them is uh, Draco. Yeah. I'm just I'd looking never at heard it now. Of I never heard of it. It's fully electric car. The Draco GTE is a super sedan in every sense of the word. Packing 1,200 horsepower and a whopping 6,491 pound-feet of torque, 
the GTE can hit 60 miles per hour in two seconds. And it has a top speed of 206. You're right. I never heard of it. Oh, there's one I never heard of. How do you say it? Singer? Oh, yeah. It looks like um, that's the one that's it's Singer. Yeah, Singer. But it starts with a Z. It starts with this. Is that the Z? CZ. CZ. And C-Z. it's a silent Z. Yeah. Singer. Singer. Yeah. I uh, never heard of it. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So this it's one just, is it's a uh, supercar, you know, real low production. California-based boutique automaker responsible for the 1.7 million dollar 21C supercar, 1,250 HP, uh, twin turbo V8, 60 miles an hour in 60, zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds, 281 miles per hour top speed. Holy now, crap! Now some of these are like aren't. Uh, actually tested mm-hmm. that's like the website says because some of these haven't been delivered right the oh, H- hispano uh suida i believe it's that's, it's that's right well, suida yeah um that is that's an old car from 1904 to 1940 they made cars under that name hispano mm-hmm. and somebody i think in 2019 is bringing those that name back and they're building these supercars and then there's a Koenigsegg. That, that's an electric, too, I believe. That's an electric. The Hispano Ko- is all electric. Koenigsegg. Oh, Koenigsegg. Koenigsegg. Thank you yeah. for the correction. That's a 1,700 horsepower. I don't know. Um, here's my one naive question. Are some of these non-road cars? There are some non-road cars, yeah. but most of them are road cars, yeah. Hennessy. Uh, Bentley Bacalar. I don't know that car, uh, but boy, what a, it's here's your car, the Hispano, as you were talking about. It's just fun, uh, and I can see why companies do these lists because I'm a sucker for all these lists. I love to go through them. And um, well, be, uh, take a company like Bugatti, yeah. which is like the the Veyron and the Chiron, which are more or less. I mean, they're supercars, but you know they're under three million or around that, yes. depending on the model. But you know they come out with special special ones, right? And then they're then they're up to thirteen million. So I mean, this is it's a real rich boys game. Yeah, just having something different. There's one car on the list, the SSC Tutara. Remember, there was that big controversy. It's hit the record. Fa- world's fastest car. World's well, fastest car. car. And then yeah, they, yeah. they found out that it wasn't, and that it was, and it wasn't. And boy, there are people who have that testosterone problem where they have to have that fastest. Whatever. Uh, Lotus, there's a car we both know. The How do you say it? E-V-I-J-A. Avija? 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 I, I never know how to p- pronounce the names of those Lotuses. Yeah. Uh, and the Aston Martin Vulcan. We saw that car. Yeah, we did. That was that was beautiful car. And uh, we saw it. Where was, oh, uh, we were at Pebble Beach off the 18th fairway, which was kind of a swanky breakfast. Well, we also saw they had the Valkyrie there. That's right. They had the Valkyrie. It wasn't done yet. No. Was that last year? Yeah. Last summer? Yeah. The Valkyrie. It was, it's basically like a Formula One car that's made for the street. That, that's in a very impressive vehicle. Here's the Pagani Utopia. That's a, I, I love the way that car looks. That eyes are just staring at you. Um, 2.5 million. And the, the Pinifera Batista. Well, anyway, they go up to normal, workable, inexpensive cars go up to like four million, and then they just start going stupid, in my opinion. Yeah, They're, they take the like a four million dollar car and then start 
making it real fancy and exclusive, and then they start really charging. Like the most expensive one there is a Rolls-Royce boat tail. So you oh, yeah. take a, I don't know, couple million dollar rolls, and then you do some fancy sheet metal, you know, restrict their uh, output to five or something, mm -hmm. and charge 28 million. Okay, well... That's a little, little yeah. different. Would you have any interest in driving any of these cars? I don't think I really do. Oh, yeah. I, I drive every <laughs> one of them. Thank you. Okay, good. Well, that's what makes this a good combination, right? I, I think I would be pretty intimidated. Although I, there's a Mercedes Maybach, and I have driven, you and I have driven a Mercedes Maybach. That's $8 million Exelero. I saw that. I don't know what, uh, I mean, the Maybach is... A nice car. I don't know how they get to eight million out of it. A lot I of saw a uh, Bugatti a Chiron um, just last week up at the Serrano uh, Car Show. Did you? Yeah, that's a little over. Well, it might be on the list there, but I think it's like three point one or three point. Why don't you sneak up million. to the Serrano Serrano Car I'm Show? I'm starting. Those uh, Bugattis are starting to grow on me. I never mm -hmm. really cared for their look. I mean, I always they're. You know, a 16-cylinder motor is pretty cool, and yeah, they're pretty cool, and they got big numbers. Uh, but in person, that Chiron with a big wing on it, mm -hmm. it was it was hard to take your eyes off it. Yeah, they're, they're so I could see, you know, and they're loud. Um, it's it's cool. I would be the guy that they they, they, they a viral video. So and so gets in the car and, and wrecks it in the first 500 meters. I think I would be that guy. <laughs> Drives 50 feet to repark it and hits the curb and uh, yeah. causes $30,000 nose damage. Right. Um, now you know why I'm the guy who rented the 2015 <laughs> Volkswagen yeah. Passat for the day. <laughs> Came in at $100. That was pretty good. Um, well, Bruce, anything else in the automotive world uh, going on? We, we uh, still have quite a bit of supply a chain. Oh, I, I can be a little bit, uh, talk about me a little bit. I got a call from the magazine I contribute to in Florida, and they're having me do a story on how the hurricanes has affected the car industry in southwest Florida, from used cars to new cars to uh, police department cars. So I'm working on it. There must be a lot of wrecked cars back there. Flood damage. Ooh, they they're going to be shipping them out here to California. They forwarded a couple of images, and I've looked up some more images. It's just like every time you see the next image, oh my gosh, look at that, look at that. Uh, so I'm, I'm working on that. And they've given me a couple of numbers uh, to call, contacts to call. But yeah, I wonder uh, who takes over when you start to get back in the used car business, you have to have a specialist that says, no, this car wasn't in the hurricane. It doesn't have water damage. It's, uh, we've certified that it's been above water for, I, I don't know how they do that. There must be some. A lot of fraud involved. A lot of fraud involved. So that's, um, I, have a, uh, I have two weeks to get that done, which would be fine. I, I kind of look forward to jumping into it and seeing what, uh, used car dealerships or, or new car dealerships. Maybe they lost their entire fleet of cars. I, they could, I, I'm sure. They yeah. could have. And so how will that affect the prices when they come back? Well, I guess that's about to wrap it up for another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. Um, Bruce, good to have you back. We had a nice yes, lunch. Good to get caught up. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with a guest, and we have two or three weeks all lined up. We're going to talk insurance. We're talking insurance next week, and the week after that, we're talking about a specialty event 
at um, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. It's uh, called the Velocity Invitational. Uh, High-end cars. Cars uh, from this list. Cars from this list on the track with uh, catered food. So you're a high roller or, you know, you're a specialty person who owns a lot of homes down there. You get invited. And you got to be a potential buyer. you got to be a potential buyer. And um, it looks like a lot of fun. And there's a new young fellow who's writing now for my website who was recommended to me. And uh, he's um, going to be covering the event for theweeklydriver.com. We're going to have him on as a guest after he goes. He's a 16-year-old high school boy. I, I don't know if I, I didn't think I mentioned this to you. No. Um, what I've some new blood in here. Yeah. Huh? So oh, what wow. I what I've read up and when I've talked to him and re- read about the guy and seen his work, he's like a, a boy. He's going to be a new fresh blood. I shouldn't say that, but he's a breath of fresh air for a 16-year-old guy who's. A really good young writer, and uh, he's very enthusiastic, so he's going to be doing some more stuff for our website, and I haven't bounced it off yet, but I think we'll have him on as a guest after he goes to that event and has an experience of being there with his dad. He said his dad he, was... He can a, pronounce all the car names for us Probably now. better than I can, and maybe not as maybe not quite as good as you can, but certainly better than I can. I guess that just about does it for us for today, and uh, Indy the Wonder Dog has uh, calmed down a little bit. Now he's going to be our companion again. No barking. No barking. Taking a nap. All right, Bruce. Talk to you next week, everybody. Bye-bye.